We're going to take a, a, a few seconds and we're going to allow our New Life kids to transition. Thank you, worship team. New Life kids up to grade six. Going to meet our New Life kids leader at the back, Miss Jesslyn, today. Well, welcome this morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to New Life Church. I'm thankful that you guys are with us today. So good to see each and every one of you, your families, your faces. Awesome. Awesome. Let me invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to say hi again to those online joining us through cyberspace. Welcome this morning. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're picking up with our series that we've been on for a couple of weeks, our Back to Church series, it's called Rooted, and um, it's based out of a prayer that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church and the believers in Ephesus in um, Ephesians chapter 3, he prays a prayer, and part of that prayer is he prays that our roots would grow down into God's love so that we would Remain strong so that we could be strong. You know, the strength of our life comes from the depths of our roots. The strength of our life comes from the depths of our roots. And so the deeper our roots go into the kingdom of God, the stronger our lives can be spiritually in faith and all other aspects of it. And uh, he prays that prayer, and we've been on this journey together, looking at a few different things that the Bible calls us to make sure we're rooted in. Rooted in vision, meaning to have a vision to, to see and to make known that Christ is the center of our life. And we've, we've talked about being rooted in the Word of God, the truth, the standard. Uh, talked about being rooted in worship, to not treat it and look at worship as just something we go to do, but as something we are called to be with our hearts to worship God in spirit and in truth. And last week, Haley uh, brought a word on being rooted in community and through the church and in the church of people of faith together. And today we're going to look at being rooted in sharing. Rooted in sharing. Let's, let's take a minute and read our main text today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes in verse 5, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Comes on the kind of comes in, in uh, on the heels of the church was having a little issue about who they were relating to, who their leaders were, um, kind of who they would lean more towards uh, in different cases. And Paul makes this statement: "Who are these guys?" He says, "We're just servants of God through whom you believe the good news." He said, "We're not superstars. We're not rock stars." Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your heart. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering, but what's important is that God's at work and that he makes the seed grow. Verse 8, the one who plants, the one who waters, work together with the same purpose. And they both will be rewarded for their own work. And then verse 9, he says, for we are both God's workers. You are 
God's field and you are God's building. And because of God's grace, Paul says, that was given to me, he said, I have been doing my part to lay the foundation like an expert builder. Will you pray with me over the word? Lord, thank you for what you have to say. We open our hearts and our our ears to hear and receive your word today. Let it impact us. Let it change the way we think. Let it change the way we live. Let it encourage us to keep going. Let it strengthen our faith, God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of God. Let our faith get stronger as a result of being and hearing your word today. Help me to speak what you want me to say and let our lives be better because of it in Jesus' name and you be glorified. Everyone can say amen and amen. You ever ask the question, can God use my life? Can he take my life and do something good with it that would bring him glory? Maybe you've asked it this way, what is God's plan for my life? Or maybe, what is God's will for me right now in life? What's on the horizon? What do you have for me down the road, Lord? What should I be thinking about preparing for and getting ready for? How and what do you have in mind for me? Maybe you've been new at walking with God, or maybe you've been at it a little while. Those questions seem to come up periodically throughout some different seasons and phases of our lives. Uh, It's more than just deciding where to work. It's more than just deciding who to marry. It's more than just deciding on where to go to church. It's more than just deciding on where to go to school. It's more than just deciding what education path we should take, what trade we should we should pursue. It's more than that. There's, there, God's picture of our life is much bigger than those things. Those are all valuable and important and play a role in all of our lives. But there, there's a deeper understanding that we've got to learn to take uh, root in and, and, and function in and, and live in. Here, Paul writes, these, writes this letter here, uh, the other day I was looking through some pictures. Um, it just happened to, I was looking for something spe- uh, specific on my, on my picture roll. And I was scrolling. I came across a picture I had when I got baptized, water baptized, um, um, about 31, 32 years ago. And um, I was looking at that, and I, I was standing in the baptistry tank with the, with the preacher at the pastor at that time. And uh, he was laughing. He, he must have said something funny. He was a kind of a jokester and always had a good joke to tell, you know, kind of lighthearted and how he can make the mood be lighthearted. Anyway, he was telling a joke, I guess, something funny. And I was laughing as I was about to be water baptized. I was about 16, almost 16, I guess. And, and I was looking at that picture and just looking at, I couldn't remember exactly, I could not remember what was said or anything. I just was sitting there thinking the countenance on my face as I was getting baptized, about to be baptized, that I didn't have a care in the world it looked like. I had a lot of cares at that time. I still do, but I'm sitting there thinking I'm standing in the, in the baptistry about to get baptized, and I felt like I'm looking at that picture. I was like, man, I knew what life laid ahead, because I've lived that already, that portion of it, but at that point in time, I did not. I did not know how would God use my life. I did not understand exactly what was God's purpose for me. I felt it, 
I sensed it. I had a longing for it. And as Brandon opened up our service today, being hungry for what God has for us. Ultimately, wanting relationship with Him first and foremost, because out of that relationship springs forth everything else. But I I didn't know exactly the details, the nuts and bolts of how that would come about, but I sensed it. And I was at a place where I just was like, God, I don't care what you do with me. I just want you to be in control. I just want you to lead my life, take me where you want me, use my life however you see fit, whatever ways and however you want to do that, Lord, can God use my life? And here Paul writes this letter to the believers, and they were getting caught up on the wrong thing. They were getting stuck on a person. They, they were drawn to personality and style and charisma or what have you. And Paul's like, no, 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 you're missing the whole point. What we're after and what we're, our mission is, is to help you play your part in God's kingdom. We're all doing the same thing. We work together with the same purpose. And he, and he draws it down into verse 9. He says, we are God's workers. We are God's field. We are God's building. Think about that. It's describing us. I am God's worker. I am God's field. And I am God's building. It speaks to we work with God. God works in us. God lives in us as his building, as his temple. It draws greater attention to there's a partnership involved. There's relationship involved. There's ownership involved. And Paul's saying, look, you need to understand your part. You need to understand your part as a believer in Jesus, as a disciple, as a follower of Christ. It's not about a title. It's not about rank. It's not about position. It's not about charisma. It's not about any of that stuff. He said, what you need to understand, your part is to share. You are called to share your life, the life that God has redeemed so that he can use your life to make an eternal difference in this world. That's what you and I are called to do with our everyday lives. That's what you and I are called to do. It's not about being recognized, being famous, trying to, trying to make it big and strike it big. If any of that happens and a whole lot of people know who you are, man, don't forget me. Don't forget to come sit in our church every once in a while where Pastor Jeremy and other leaders preach to you. If you make it big, you make a lot of money. Don't forget us, little people. But the goal of our life, the drive of our life, the desire of our life stems from wanting to know the meaning of our life. And Paul's like, look, don't get caught up on a lot of this nonsense because it'll break you apart. He said, you need to focus on your part, and that is you're called, each of us, we're all called in the unique ways God has fashioned us, formed us, and created us to share our life. The one that the life that God has redeemed so that we can make an eternal difference in this world. We won't change everybody. We won't affect everybody. We won't impact everybody by no stretch of the means. But we will impact somebody. 
And you know, the enemy wants us to have shallow roots. Just enough, just enough dirt to cover our roots for us to kind of just get by. Just enough rootage to kind of get a little bit of nutrient out of the, out of the ground. But God's desire, and we're reminded by Paul in his prayers for us in Ephesians 2, let your roots grow deep. Don't be satisfied with surface roots. You know, we have, I don't know about you, but I got a few surface roots at my, in my yard. I can't stand them because I have to be careful with the lawnmower. I get caught up on it. Van helped me get my blades changed uh, earlier in the summer, and he's like, at first I was like, can you just help me get them sharpened somewhere? I don't know where to take them. He goes, man, these things can't be sharpened. <laughs> They, 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 there's no hope for these. Let's just get you a new set. Because <laughs> I done ran over a few roots, Van. That, let me just be on. Let me confess it to you. I hit a few of those roots, Van. I wasn't paying. I was in a hurry. I was trying to get the yard done. It was hot. And you saw the effect of the, what the roots, those shallow roots, did to my blades. God wants to see us take some deep dives. But to go deep dive, man, you got to be intentional, right? I remember growing up uh, uh, at, in the summer, we had a, where I lived at, at that stage in life, there was a city park that had a city pool. And you could pay a few dollars and go hang out. They called it uh, uh, Orange Park, I think it was called back then. Um, or Florida Park, it was called Florida Park. And we'd go, you pay a few bucks, you go in, pay the people, go in, and you can go swim all day. And, I, and they had a high dive. And man, but to get up on that high dive, you had to be intentional about getting up on that high dive, right? You had to be intentional to climb up that thing and get up there and walk out there and then jump off. Thinking at it at that that stage, at that age, it just seemed like it was 30 feet high. It wasn't. That would have been illegal in the city park, but it was pretty high. And I thought, on my first jump, I'm just going to do a cannonball get my confidence up. I did a cannonball. I thought, not too bad. Didn't hurt too bad. Got up, got out, went up. This time, I'm going to do a frontward flip off this high dive. What was I thinking? I go to do a front flip off the high dive, Jeremy, and I flip uh, a, a little bit too far. Instead of landing like this, I landed like that. And I haven't been on a high dive since because I still remember it still has that, that sensitive touch on the skin, thinking about that high dive. But I had to be intentional to go up there, and I had to be intentional not to do it again. If we want to go deep in the Lord, it's an intentional decision. Can't nobody else do it for us. We have to decide. We have to pray those bold prayers. We have to pray those honest prayers. God, I feel shallow. I feel surfacy. But man, I sure would like to go a little deeper in my faith. I would like to dig my roots a little deeper into the soil of your kingdom. And I want to be stronger than I've been last year. You're not going to just go from one to ten in one year. But the goal, the Holy Spirit gradually grows us, gradually changes us, gradually transitions us and transforms us. Sure, he can do a quick work in, a, in, in, in just a short amount of time, but then over the life of our journey of faith, God is, his desires for us to go a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. And from season to season, there might be a few extra depths that we go than that we did before, but the goal is to always intentionally desire to want to go deeper because the depth of our roots will determine the strength of our life. And that will have an impact on how faithful 
you and I can be at sharing this good news of Jesus. Let's just face it, we meet a lot of sad people in this world. We meet a lot of people whose countenance is down. I was at um, a restaurant last week. We went after, after church to grab a bite, and the, there's a walk-up service where you go and order, and you sit down, and they'll bring your food to you. And the, I waited in line for a little bit, and I got up there, and I, I saw the gal taking our order. I said, hey, how you doing? She's like, oh, not too good. People drive me crazy today. I said, well, I'll try not to be one of them. And I, I, she said, what would you like? And I ordered it, and she goes, man. You just made my day. You knew what you wanted and spit it out, and I typed it in, and I'm good to go. She goes, these other people just taking their time, don't know what they want, and pointing up there, ah, oh, no, is that good? Is that, I don't know what. And she goes, it was driving me crazy. It's just some, I don't know, just, that's just what she got out of our short exchange. But there are a lot of people who are depleted in life because life just bogs them down. And they're starving like roots, starving for nutrients, starving for somebody to water their soil, starving for somebody to speak some hope into them, starving for somebody just to be kind to them, starving for somebody just to be uh, share a smile with them, right? And so the deeper our roots, the stronger our life, and the more faithful you and I can be at sharing this redeemed life, God has done in us. Come on, who's thankful? Who's thankful for the work God has done in you? Who's, I'm, come on, who's thankful for the work that Jesus Christ has made in you? Who's thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit that has gone to work in you? Who's thankful for the Word of God to stand up on the inside of you and straighten out some crooked ways? Who's thankful for the work and the transformation of the power of the gospel in your life? Come on, some of us would be jacked up and divorced and everywhere else if the work of God didn't take its toll in us. Amen? Come on, who's thankful for the salvation salvation of God in our life? Who's thankful for the Lord being faithful to us? Who's thankful for God's hand keeping us? Who's thankful for what Jesus has promised and how he fulfills his promises in our life? Amen. We have something to share. We have something to share. We can't be fooled by the fear that lingers in our world. Come on, the world's good at trying to strike fear in the heart of people. And we can't be them. We can't, we, can't, we can't lower our faith just so not to offend anybody. Amen? I'm not talking about going out and being some crazy person. I'm just talking about being an honest person who loves the Lord and who's just willing to share the love of Christ. We've got something worth good sharing. And Paul said, look, you need to understand... There's a partnership, there's a relationship, there's an ownership that God has in your life. And He wants to use your life. He wants to use your life to make an eternal difference in this world. There's somebody in our path, someone in our sphere of influence, someone in our eyesight that God has put there that He wants you and I to be a person who can share the good news with. And what I mean by that is there, there are three things I want to share, but I'm only going to share one of them today. I'll have to do this in two parts. Uh, and that is, how do we, how can we 
how can we do this? How can we be the kind of sharers God calls us to be? It's about being available to the Lord with our time. It's about being useful to the Lord with our talents. And it's about being faithful to the Lord with our treasure. We'll talk about the first one just today. Available to God with our time. Speaks to being in a place where you and I are are intentional to want to share our life with others. We're not all called to be hermit crabs. We're not all called to isolate ourselves. We're not all called to live inside of a compound, although sometimes I know that sounds real, real intriguing to some, to just get away from it all, right? We can take our breaks. We can take our... Our, extend, our extended time off, we can take, you know, those are necessary, absolutely, but we can't live there. We're called to live in this world, but not be of this world. We're called to make a difference in this world. It's called of making our life available to God with our time to share our life. Look at this with me. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28, some final words of Jesus. Being available making ourselves available to God with our time. So Jesus came to his disciples, and this is what he told them in verse 19, go and make disciples. Speaking to disciples, go make disciples of all different people. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And he says, I'm with you all the way to the end. Disciples, making disciples. Christians sharing their life with other people in the hopes, the goal to make disciples. A disciple is a follower of Christ. So a follower of Christ making more followers of Christ. The goal, he said, is not to make more preachers, not to make more theologians, not to make more Bible students, college students, not to make more philosophers, but the goal is simply just make more disciples. Make more people who want to follow Christ just like you are out to follow Christ. You know, we've all been given the same 86,400 seconds in a day. Every single one of us. Same clock, same time, same opportunity in the sense of the day that lies ahead of us. What are we doing with our day? What are we doing with our week? What are we doing with our year? What are we doing with our life? What, what's our motive for living? The Bible calls us and compels us. We're called to share our life. We're called to share our life. And I want to talk about two thoughts with this. We're called to share our story, and we're called to share our, the light of God. We're called to share our story. We're called to share our story on how the good news of Christ has saved us. Think about how Jesus saved you. Think about how he came to you. We're called to share that good news of how he has redeemed us. We're called to share the good news of the gospel and how the Lord works to be faithful in our life. We're called to share with others our story, how God helped us through hard times. We're called to share our story of the gospel and how the Lord is faithful to us, to keep us, even sometimes when we don't even acknowledge it. We're called to share our story on how through the gospel, through the power of the gospel, of this good news, how he has healed us. Anybody 
have any of that happen for you yet in your life? To be saved, to be redeemed, to be healed. How about how God has provided for you? How about how God has just kind of shut some of the doors in your life so you wouldn't walk through the wrong ones and opened up the right ones so that you would know that was the Lord to take that step? All these different ways and then somehow God has always been there and how He works in our life. We're called to share our story. You know, the church, corporately as a church, all churches have different plans and methods for how we reach our communities. Uh, there is the such thing as corporate church-wide evangelism or outreach, where you go, you create opportunities to serve your city, to serve your community. And then there's also the idea that we are all called individually to go out into the world and to share our story, to share the good news of how Christ has changed us and worked in our life and made all the difference in the world for eternity. And that's why one, one thing we're asking you is in two weeks, on the 24th, we're having a family back-to-church picnic after church, after service. And we're just asking you, think of somebody that you would like to invite to church. Think of somebody that you would be willing to invite to church, not someone who's already actively involved and engaged in the church, but someone who is either not in church or loosely in church every once in a while or never, whatever. But think about that. Be thinking about that on someone that you can ask. Now, we have partners with missionaries. We have partners with local ministry organizations like the Dream Center and RIFA. Coming up later in the month, we're going to be uh, pouring into RIFA to rebuild, help rebuild their food pantry, their, their warehouse of food, through a ministry called Canstruction. You're going to hear a little bit about that in a little bit when we receive our offering on how we can make a donation to that, make an offering to that, to do that. But there's a story in Acts. This is not in, in, uh, on the screen. This, this is just kind of off the planned record, if you will, but part of the Holy Spirit's record for this day. Talking about sharing our story. I want to highlight a, a person in the book of Acts in chapter 8. His name is Philip. And I just want you to, if you can flip through it quick, that's fine. Acts chapter 8, if you're writing notes, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. But Philip, the church had experienced persecution and scattered, and people were going everywhere. And Philip was like, where do you want me to do? Where should I go? And it said, an angel of the Lord told Philip, I want you to go south. I want you to take the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he started out, and as he was on that road, he met an Ethiopian eunuch under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was on, on, on their way back. And they were reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And here's where it gets interesting. Verse 29 says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, I want you to go over and just walk alongside the carriage. Philip went over, heard this man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and Philip hollered out, Hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, I don't know. How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip, Hey, will you just get up in the carriage with me, take a ride with me, sit with me, and explain to me what this scripture is talking about? 
And so they do. They go on a ride, and Philip takes his time, and he explains the Scripture to him. And then it ultimately leads to Philip water baptizing this eunuch. And then it said the Holy Spirit just kind of snatched Philip up after that and sent him somewhere else. But I find that little story interesting because I feel like that is the story that speaks as an example to our everyday lives. There are people wanting to know truth. There are people riding along life, seeking out what is real. You and I have found it. You and I have discovered it. And what the role of us is supposed to be about, the Holy Spirit guiding us, is to simply do this. In sharing your story, when we share our story of the good news of Christ and how He's made a difference in us, is to take time. Look at it this way. Take time to build a connection with other people. God's not calling you or me necessarily to go out and start a crusade and travel the world. He might, but that doesn't happen to everybody. We're talking about our everyday lives, where we live, where we work, where we, where we play, where we buy stuff, where we, where we invest our livelihood at. Take the time to build a connection with other people. Take the time to be willing to listen to other people. Don't you like it when someone takes the time to listen to you? Yeah. We feel heard. We feel seen. We feel like somebody actually thinks enough of me to actually take time to listen to me. Think about the people in your world, in your life, who are longing just to have your ear for a minute. Take the time to show compassion to others. If we're going to show compassion to others, that means we've got to be able to slow our roll long enough to see the predicament and the position of people. Take the time to make time for others. I feel like that is exactly what Philip did. Philip did not go out and think, man, I'm going to get my name in the book of the Bible. I'm going to get my name written in this word. That's my goal. I want the world to know who I am. No, Philip was just a, a humble servant who just was willing to go wherever the Lord wanted him to go. And he sent him down a dirt road, a desert road, and there he saw someone seeking out truth, hungry for what was real. Even had the scroll of the prophet Isaiah open to read it, trying to figure it out, trying to understand it. And he took time. He walked with him. He took time. He sat down with him. He took time to listen to him. He took time to explain it to him. Now let's take that as an example in our everyday life. And let's consider the different people. You, I'm not saying you got to meet with 500 people in one week. But I'm just talking about one person. Think about one. The one. And how God would want you to share your life. Your time with somebody. To have compassion for them. To see them. To hear them. 
I, I've got so many names on a list that I keep of people I'm trying to m- have meetings with, coffee with, lunch with, phone call with. It's just like, the Lord, the list doesn't end. There's so many in our church, and there's so many people that I come across that I'm trying to talk to and pray for and I follow up with and let them know I'm thinking of them. And it's just like the list doesn't get any shorter. And he was like, you don't have to reach everybody in one week. Think about the one this week. I mean, it, it, it might be the one who gets on your nerves. I mean, it, it might be. The one you've been trying to avoid? I don't know. It may not be. I'm just saying. Think about the one that you could take time and you can share by being present. Amen? Then there's sharing the light of the good news. What do I mean by sharing the light? Sharing the light of the good news is live it out loud in front of people. I'm not talking about go around and preach it loud with your, ver- with your words, but live it loud with your life. Live it loud with your life. Because I know things are easier said than done, right? We can... Talk the talk, as the old school preachers used to say. But can you walk the walk, is what they would say. Oh, okay. Share the light of the good news. This particular person gets, his name gets used a lot in this type of point. But in the point, and his name is St. Francis of Assisi. He was quoted for saying, Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary... Use words. I want to share with you the story behind that quote as we come to a close today. St. Francis of Assisi, he, one day he invited a young monk to join him on a trip to go out and preach. Well, honored to be invited, the monk readily accepted the invitation. All day long, All day long, he and Francis walked the streets, went into the byways, went into the alleys, went out into the suburbs. They were all over, rubbing shoulders with hundreds of people. And at day's end, the two headed back home. But not once did St. Francis address the crowd or try to preach a sermon Greatly disappointed, this young companion said, Sir, I thought we were going into town to preach. I had my top two sermons ready to go, ready to fire thunder and lightning. Ready to go. He didn't say that. I made that up. Thanks for laughing. You see me. You hear me. Thanks for having compassion for me. St. Francis responded, he said, my son, oh, we have preached. You see, we were preaching while we were walking. We were seen by many, and our behavior was closely watched. 
It is of no use to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere we walk. Credit goes to the Daily Bread from December of 1991 when they published that. If someone were to spend 24 hours with me, would they discover that I know Jesus? Man, I hope so. I hope I'm not that jacked up. What about you? We are called to share with our life the truth of our faith. There's a closing uh, scripture I want to draw your attention to. It's another prayer. Find out Paul prayed a lot for the church. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. He was praying. He said, we keep praying for you and we keep asking God to do this for you. To enable you to live a life worthy of your call. Worthy of his call on you. He said, may he give you the power. Man, I love that. We want God to be big in us. We want to be used by the Lord. What God's plan for us is we, He will give the power to actually do it. He said, may He give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. What is your faith prompting you to do for the Lord right now? What, is your, what good things are on your heart and on your mind? doesn't have to be world-changing, CNN, Fox News worthy, but what is worthy that God has put in your heart to make a difference in this world, in someone's life? He says, then, as you live worthy of this call, and you, you are out living to do the things God puts in your heart, so then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. Think about that. The name of Christ will be honored because of how we live. Because of how we live. Because of how we live. Now, we don't get it right every day. And I know shame and regret, condemnation, those types of things try to eat at us and wear us down. But we've got to remember... We belong to Jesus. He's purchased us. He's redeemed us. And we're called the righteousness of God in Christ. And I know the enemy would like to beat us up to thinking we can't be used by God. We make too many mistakes. We fall short too often. But Paul prays, man, may Jesus be honored in your life by the way you live. And that he says, you will also be honored. Your life will also be honored with him because it's the grace of God in Christ that makes all this possible anyways. Let me invite you to stand as we close out. How about you? Do you want to live a life 
that really makes a difference because of the redemption and the work of the gospel in your own life. You want others to know it. God calls each and every one of us to share, to share our time, to share our life with others. And there are things that get in the way of that. There's worry, and there's fear, there's insecurities, there's problems that we all have that try to get in the way to keep us from being able to share our life with others. We're going to close out with this song, Firm Foundation. It just reiterates, makes a statement. that if our life is on Christ and in Christ, He's the one who will supply the power and the ability and the opportunity to share our story and to share the light of the good news by living it out loud. And I want to invite you, if, if you're struggling today with whatever, maybe fear, maybe anxiety, maybe you, your, the problems in your life just seem to blind you from being able to focus on what God has for you, whatever it might be. It might be a, something physically, you're just constantly just challenged physically in your, in your body that's preventing you from being able to be a sharer of the good news. As we sing this song, you can join me and other leaders, and we would love to pray for you. Maybe you just lack the desire to want God to do something in you to use your life. We want to pray with you today. And as we close out with this song, we want to sing this song and we want to open it up for prayer. If you would like prayer, then you may come. Let me pray to set it up. Father, thank you. Thank you first for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us and redeem us. Thank you for the continual work of your gospel that's at work in our life to change us, empower us, and encourage us and guide our lives forward into your will. Lord, help us today. Give us a desire. Put within us the great desire to be a sharer of our life with those around us. Just like Philip, let us be an everyday sharer of the good news. In some shape or form, let us share the light by how we live it out loud. But Lord, let us help us to want to do this, to not shrink back, to not shy away, to not conceal, but to take time for others to have compassion for others, to be able to sit and make ourselves available to others and let others see in our life the way we walk it out loud. Let them see Christ in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Firm foundation.